Hey church, this is Pastor Brett Riceley. Thank you for tuning in to the Midweek Connection for Wednesday, August 2nd, 2023. In addition to the announcements that we have today, we're also going to have a spiritual focus that is related to our sermon series on Family on Mission, a series about family discipleship. And today in the spiritual focus, we're going to look very briefly at a book many of you may not be that familiar with, the book of Judges. And in there, we're going to see that uh, family discipleship is actually talked about. And we're actually going to see a very interesting shift from what the people of Israel were called and commanded to do, yet failed to do, and then what that resulted in. So thanks for tuning in today. Well, thank you for tuning in today. Um, before we get into the announcements, um, I just want to bring your attention back to a couple of folks in our faith family who have recently passed away. Um, but before we get to that, I just want to remind us that life is brief. Uh, the Bible talks a lot about life and death, that there's two eternal destinations, heaven and hell, and that for the Christian, we have hope not only in the life to come, but we also have hope here even in this life. But we also know that life is temporary. The Bible says that our life is like a vapor or a mist and it'll pass away at any moment's notice. The Bible talks about God numbering our days and having the number of our days on this earth predetermined. He knows exactly when our time here is going to end, yet we with loved ones often don't. And sometimes we have time to process and, and to prepare for someone passing. And in other times it's very sudden and unexpected and it's a complete shock. And so when we lose somebody, especially a Christian brother or sister in the faith, I want to remind us of what Paul reminds us in, in 1 Thessalonians 4.13, that we grieve, but not like others do who have no hope. You see, we have hope in this life and in the one to come. We have hope now knowing that Jesus Christ is at the right hand of the Father, that he's accomplishing all in his, in his plan throughout all of time, throughout all of the universe, and that when our time comes to, to leave this earth or when Jesus comes again, we have profound hope for eternal life to come because we know that King Jesus is ruling and reigning now and he will rule and he will reign forever. So that doesn't mean that it's, 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 uh, it's not bad to grieve. It's very natural and healthy to grieve and to mourn and to lament and to be sad when we lose a loved one. But remember that we have a much bigger picture of hope and life for eternity with our Christian brothers and sisters. And I think of the other verse in, first, in uh, Philippians 1, 21, where the Apostle Paul says, To live is Christ and to die is gain. And so again, while we have many profound opportunities here on this earth to live for the Lord and to influence others to the Lord, uh, at the end of the day, um, when life ends here, we are being promoted to a heavenly reality that none can comprehend except those who are already there. And so with that kind of framework in mind, I want to remind you about Cecilia Nelson. First of all, her memorial service is going to be on Thursday, August 17th. Um, here at TMC at 11 a.m. in the morning. There is not a visitation, and lunch will immediately follow the service. So the service is at 11, and then a lunch immediately following. There will be a burial at 3 p.m. in Dayton, Iowa. So those are the details for Cecilia Nelson. And um, if you have any questions about that, please feel free to contact Julie here at the office, and we'll do our best to uh, answer any questions that you might have. 
Secondly, uh, if you haven't already heard, we want to remind you and to inform you of the passing of Tom Ostrom. Uh, Tom uh, was a wonderful man uh, that I had the privilege of knowing uh, just a short time since I've been here at TMC. But Tom passed away very suddenly and very unexpectedly on July uh, 29th in Okaboji while he was spending time with his family. Now the family is still waiting um, on the medical examiner before they can schedule the service and get all those details arranged. So at this time today, we don't have any details to announce other than that we're waiting. And as soon as we have details, we will get those out to you as, as fast as we possibly can. Uh, we know that uh, there's gonna be a memorial service that's going to be here at TMC. We just don't know when uh, and what time and that sort of thing. And so um, just keep, keep uh, your ears posted to the email blast and we will do our best to communicate that as swiftly as we can. But with both families, for, for Cecilia Nelson and for Tom Ostrom and both families, please continue to lift up those families in prayer as they've lost a loved one. Um, and as we as a body have lost a part of our brothers and our sister um, in Christ as well. But again, but keep in mind the hope that we will see them again and that they are now with our Lord in a, in a place that is far better than we could ever imagine. Um, so it is, a, it is a bittersweet time. And so I just pray that you would join us in praying for those families in this season. So as we now kind of turn our attention to some of the announcements and some of the, some of the things happening here at the church, uh, the first one is, you know, we have a wonderful problem here at TMC where we are growing. We have a lot of new people. We have a lot of new families and friends that are coming. We have a lot of people checking out the church. We have a lot of people that are joining our membership and really being a part of what God's doing here. And that's a beautiful thing. And as you know, with more people, sometimes we run out of room. And so this coming Sunday, we will begin the use of the overflow room that's going to be located in the northeast corner of the building in the youth room. We've been talking about this for the last couple of weeks. Pastor Mike has talked about this on the Midweek Connection for a couple of weeks. So if you're not sure what I'm talking about and you're wondering what is he talking about and why are we doing this, I would like to refer you back to some other Midweek Connections over the last two weeks where Pastor Mike has explained all of this in detail. So we're going to have the overflow room in the youth room beginning this Sunday, August 6th. Uh, so that means that in the cafe, once the service starts at 10 a.m., the cafe TVs will not display the service. The audio from the service will not be in the cafe. All of that's going to be turned off, and we're going to direct everybody to the overflow room. Again, if you'd like to sit in the overflow room, that is an option for you. Obviously, everyone's invited to the worship center, but we know that it's getting full. So come early, grab your seat. If you come late, then you're welcome to use the overflow room. Or if you enjoy the overflow room for another variety of reasons, well, that's great too. And that's why we're moving it to the youth room so that you have a better experience with a bigger screen, better sound, uh, a room where you can actually focus without any distractions. And we're also going to have a leader couple every month that's going to be there. So one of our leadership couples whether it's an elder, deacon, uh, staff member, whatever it might be, we're going to have some leadership couples in there to greet you, to visit with you. And if you have any needs or if you have any prayer requests after the service or even during the service, um, there's going to be a couple there um, that can pray with you and meet any needs that you might have. And so we want to make that um, as comfortable but also as meaningful as possible. So just be aware that begins this Sunday and we're going to do that every Sunday um, for the foreseeable future and we're going to kind of see how it goes. Um, and so if you have any feedback, feel free to let us know. If you have any questions, please feel free to contact us here at the office as well. 
The second announcement is the Global Outreach Dinner is going to be happening on Saturday, August 12th at 6 p.m. And that's to meet and fellowship with Pablo and Rosa Gallego. And they are some of our ministry uh, missionaries who've been ministering for over 23 years in Spain, reaching the lost, sharing the gospel, and making disciples. And so if you'd like to join us for dinner, for a time to meet them and fellowship with them and hear about their ministry, uh, please RSVP through the email blast so that Jane can make the appropriate accommodation accommodations for the meal. Um, so that would be great. Saturday, August 12th, 6 p.m. We hope to see you there. And then on August 21st here at TMC, um, we're going to be hosting a blood drive um, from 2 to 6 p.m. There's no registration required for that. And as you know, uh, there are many people that need blood at times. And so if you feel compelled to meet a need in that way, that's an easy way to kind of help our community. And it's obviously helped people in our church as well as, as they have had medical emergencies and, and were in need of blood. Um, and so LifeServe is going to be here doing that for us on August 21st from 2 to 6 p.m. here at TMC. If you'd like to engage in that, uh, again, registration is not required. You can just show up and give, and that will be a great thing. And then... Lastly, um, we want to remind you, or actually announce for the first time, um, well, we are going to be having an, a ministry fair. And what that means is on August 20th and on, on August 27th, those are two Sundays back to back, uh, we're going to have the entire cafe set up um, to have five different areas where you can learn how to serve, connect, and get equipped. We're going to have the adult ministry section, a youth ministry section, a children's ministry section, a hospitality and guest services section, and the worship and tech ministry section. And we're going to do our best to, to provide as many opportunities as we can for you, especially if you're new to TMC, to not only learn about the ministries here at TMC, but also learn how to get equipped, uh, different trainings and opportunities for classes and events, groups, life groups, small groups, and also opportunities for you to serve. If you're wondering, how can I get connected? Where is my place? How do I fit? Um, the ministry fair is going to be a great place for you to explore all of the things kind of going on and to start to prayerfully discern where God might have you to engage. And so what we're going to do on Sunday, August 20th and the 27th, we are going to end the service at 11 a.m. sharp. We're going to do that on purpose to give parents especially, but anyone else, the time to go out into the cafe and to look at all the different booths and the different tables and to have plenty of time to look without any of the kids. Okay, So the kids are going to still be in the kids' ministry. They're still going to be uh, being ministered to. And that's intentional so that parents and everyone else can kind of look and have a conversation if needed without any distractions and without the chaos of kids running around everywhere. But then at 1120, we need all parents to pick up their kids no later than 1120 so that we can obviously relieve the workers that are helping with the kids and we can move on with our Sunday. So August 20th, August 27th, very special Sunday. We're going to end the service at 11. Everyone's going to be invited to go out to the cafe to see how you're going to connect, serve, or get equipped. And maybe you're saying, Brett, I kind of already know where I'm serving. I already know where I'm at. I don't know if I need to go do that. Well, that's great. 
Well, then we would invite you then, if you don't feel like you need to go out there, to stay in the worship center and to connect with other people. Go find someone that you don't know, make you, make yourself known, make an acquaintance um, with someone that you haven't met before. And so multiple opportunities to connect on those two Sundays. So if you want to engage more, go to the cafe. If you feel like you're already plugged in and engaged, but you want to meet some other people, then stay in the worship center from 11 to 11.20 and just mingle and visit in there. And we really are hoping, again, just we want to engage everybody in the life of our body. We want you to know your gifts. We want you to be serving. We want you to be connected to a smaller group. And we want you to be trained and equipped. And I don't know where you're at, but all of us have a next step. And so that's my encouragement to you is to take that next step, whatever that next step might be, and to mark that on your calendar, the ministry fair for August 20th and 27th. Again, if you have any questions about that, let us know. And we look forward to uh, connecting with you and engaging with you in that way. So that's the announcements uh, for today. And now we're going to turn our attention to the spiritual focus. Okay. So for our spiritual focus today, I want to continue in the series that we are currently in called Family on Mission. And so we're not going to have time this Sunday to look at all of this in detail. So that's where some of this is going to, to be helpful for us today. Last Sunday, we looked at the first sermon in the series called The Right Design. God's design, his blueprints, the framework for the family in order to be on mission with him in a healthy way. This coming Sunday, we're going to talk about the right priorities. Now that we have the foundation, now what should the priorities be moving forward? But one of the things I'm not going to have as much time to talk about that I want to share with you today is the reality that I'm going to call drifting away from discipleship. And in the Old Testament, um, the book of Deuteronomy is a fascinating place where God is speaking the law and he's often recounting the law multiple times to his people through Moses as they go through and he is continually reminding his people of a lot of things. But one of the central themes in all of Deuteronomy is God is often saying, take care of your soul lest you forget the Lord and what he has done for you. We see that same type of language in Deuteronomy 4, even when he talks about teaching your children and your children's children, not just to teach them, but to teach them to remember Yahweh, to remember what Yahweh has done for our nation, the nation of Israel, in bringing you out of Egypt, in saving you from Pharaoh, in giving you a land, and making you a people, and bringing you out of bondage and out of slavery into freedom, and all of these beautiful things, and being reminded of what Yahweh has done. And so most of Deuteronomy is a lot of that. Like, don't forget. Don't forget, God says, what I have done, who I am, and how I have brought you to where you are today. And he says, don't forget lest you drift away and you serve other gods and other Baals and other idols. And we see that, that constant just warning. But then in Joshua, the book of Deuteronomy ends with Moses passing away. He dies. Joshua becomes the leader of Israel. And then Joshua is the next book. And we see that Joshua is a good leader, a faithful man who leads God's people well. He is constantly encouraging them to be strong and to be courageous and be devoted to God's word. And we read, um, and we're going to read in the passage here in just a minute, um, that, that the people were faithful in Joshua's day. 
Um, but then when we get to the book of Judges, we see that something changes. And so we're going to read from Judges chapter 2, 7 through 15. And Judges, the beginning of Judges and the end of Joshua kind of overlap a little bit. They both kind of share the same part of the story just to kind of get some overlap in the narrative of what God's people were going through. And so what we're going to read in Judges 2 is very similar to what you will read in Joshua 23 and Joshua 24. So let's read this, and then I want to point out a couple of things and then give us a few key takeaways today. So Judges chapter 2, 7 through 15 says this, And the people served the Lord all the days of Joshua, and all the days of the elders who outlived Joshua, who had seen all the great work that the Lord had done for Israel. And Joshua, the son of Nun, the servant of the Lord, died at the age of 110 years. They buried him within the boundaries of his inheritance in the Tamath Heres and in the hill country of Ephraim, north of the mountain of Gash. And of all that generation also were gathered to their fathers. And there arose another generation after them who did not know the Lord, or the work that he had done for Israel. And the people of Israel did what was evil in the sight of the Lord and served the Baals. And they abandoned the Lord, the God of their fathers, who had brought them out of the land of Egypt. They went after other gods from among the gods of the peoples who were around them and bowed down to them. And they provoked the Lord to anger. They abandoned the Lord and served the Baals and the Ashtoreth. So the anger of the Lord was kindled against Israel, and he gave them over to plunderers who plundered them, and he sold them into the hand of their surrounding enemies so that they could no longer withstand their enemies. Whenever they marched out, the hand of the Lord was against them for harm, as the Lord had warned and as the Lord had sworn to them, and they were in terrible distress." Okay, so there's a lot going on here. Notice in verse 7 it says, The people served the Lord all the days of Joshua and all the days of the elders who outlived Joshua. That generation, they served Yahweh faithfully. But then in verse 10, after Joshua is dead and after he is gone, it says in verse 10, There arose another generation after them who did not know the Lord or the work that he had done for Israel. So a very stark difference from a generation serving the Lord faithfully to another generation saying, I don't even know the Lord, and I don't even know the work that he had done for Israel. And so the, the question is, how did this happen? Like, what happened? How did this generation go from serving God faithfully to not serving God hardly at all? And we see that throughout the rest of the book of Judges is this constant crazy cycle of faithlessness and disobedience to God, where where Israel will hear what God's commands are, they will disobey God, disaster comes upon them, Israel cries out for help, God shows them mercy and relents and forgives them, but then Israel gets right back on and disobeys, they worship other gods, disaster comes upon them, and the whole cycle literally repeats over and over and over again. That's the whole book of Judges. It's absolutely crazy. And so, again, we have to ask, how did this happen? 
You had a faithful generation following Moses. They were not perfect, but they were fairly committed to Yahweh. Joshua's generation, very committed to Yahweh. And then another generation rises up, and it says in verse 11, And the people of Israel did what was evil in the sight of the Lord, and they served all these other gods. They abandoned the Lord. They worshipped all these other idols. And then the Lord was against them. So the, the only plausible explanation I think that we can see and understand is that Joshua's generation served Yahweh faithfully, but they must not have been very intentional. They must have abandoned their responsibility to train up and teach the next generation about Yahweh. And how do I know that? Well, because again, Deuteronomy comes first, then Joshua, then Judges. And we know that from Deuteronomy, there's all sorts of commands for parents to teach and train their children and their children's children to know Yahweh, to serve Yahweh, to remember what Yahweh has done, lest all of these bad things happen. And so for generations, they would have known that this is a faith that must not only be communal, but it must be generational. We must pass this on from generation to generation so that the coming generations will not only know the Lord, but they'll know what the Lord has done and they'll want to follow and serve the Lord and raise their family to know the Lord. I mean, it's literally the multiplication of disciple-making that we see even in the heart of the Great Commission to go and make disciples of all nations. And that's a generational thing. It's not just for me and you. It's for all generations. And clearly this generation was not trained up and raised up to know the goodness of Yahweh. And very quickly they turned away. And so here's a few takeaways that I have for us today that I think are it's just very sobering to read about. That... Takeaway number one, it only takes one generation of apathy and passivity to what God has stated in order that, and then it leads to derailing God's design for family discipleship and a generational commitment to God. It only takes one generation. And the same is also true the other way too. It only takes one generation of intentionality and obedience to change your family tree, to change the trajectory of the future generations toward faithfulness to God. For example, most of my family tree going backwards are not faithful followers of Christ. But by the grace of God, God intersected my life. He changed my life. He, and he brought me together with my wife and her life was changed. And now we have an opportunity to raise both of our kids to know the Lord and to do our best to be faithful, to pour into them everything that we have and hope that they would follow Jesus the rest of their life and teach their kids then to do the same. But hopefully they'll look at us as parents, as imperfect as we are, and they'll go, my parents wanted to serve the Lord and they gave their life for Jesus as much as they could and they trained us to do the same. And so as they have kids, my grandkids someday, will hopefully come up knowing the Lord because of my son and my daughter and our influence on them. And that hopefully just continues to cycle for generations and generations. So I just want to encourage you, if you are feeling like, man, my generations have never done that and I've never done that, that doesn't mean you can't. Today is the day, right? And that's another encouragement, another takeaway for you. Don't be so busy with life and work or even serving God in doing ministry or serving here at the church, don't be so busy with all of that that you forget the most basic fundamental command to being a parent or a grandparent, to raise your children and your grandchildren to know the Lord. It's so basic. It's so easy to forget. It's so easy to neglect. But again, if you're, if you're just consumed with your job, 
but you have no time to invest spiritually in your kids, something is terribly wrong. Because your kids need Jesus more than you need another career path. Your kids need to see you walking with Jesus more than they need a bigger house, a bigger yard, more sports opportunities, or more vacations, or more stuff. They need Jesus. And you are God's design to help them see that. And as you do that to them, hopefully, Lord willing, they would then be able to do that to the next generation. But if you forsake your responsibility now, and your kids grow up, and they don't know Jesus, part of the equation there has to come back to, well, I, I as a parent didn't do what, what I was called to do. And the nuance there is that we can do our best and our kids still may not follow Jesus, right? We are not God. We cannot control the outcomes. But if we don't even put in the time and the investment, well, why should we expect them to follow Jesus at all? But if we pour all of our time, moments, and, and, and energy into pointing them to Christ. There's a very high likelihood that the Spirit of God is going to use the planting and the watering of all those seeds to cultivate the soil and to reap a harvest in the souls of our kids' lives. And so last takeaway, be mindful of how you might be drifting away from family discipleship even now. And be mindful that it's never too late to make a course correction. Uh, Honestly, you know, we all make mistakes every day. We all have things we wish we would do better Um, But if you find yourself going, man, I need to probably really make some changes. Today's the day. Don't look back about what happened four years ago or even four hours ago. Look forward. Look forward and be committed to obeying God's design. Let's be a people that are not like the judges generation. Let's not be a people who did what was evil in the sight of the Lord and forgot about him and served the world and got consumed with culture. Let's be a people of the book. Let's be a people of faith in Christ. Let's be a people that serve our God and our King faithfully, teaching our children and our grandchildren and the church in general. Let's teach and model a life of Christ and let's see generational discipleship become the new normal for our family tree. That's my hope for my family. That's my hope for your family. And so that's my hope for our church, that this would become so normal that family discipleship is just what we do. Um, But it starts with us. It starts today. It starts with one intentional thing. And again, we only have what we have in front of us. So today, be faithful today to do what you can do. Don't worry about tomorrow. Don't worry about yesterday. What can you do today to be faithful to raise up the next generation to know Jesus. And even if it's one comment, one prayer, one verse, one comment with your child in the car, one Bible story, whatever it could be, what's one thing you can do today to begin building a godly legacy of generational discipleship? Let's pray. Father, thank you that despite the the unfaithfulness of your people throughout the beginning of time, You have continued to pursue us out of love and kindness and mercy. Even when we were sinners, your son Jesus died for us. We have all missed the mark. We have all gone astray. And we know that the wages of sin is death. Yet the free gift of God from you, Father, through your son is eternal life in Christ Jesus. So thank you, God, that you've adopted us into your family. Thank you that we get to be in your family despite how jacked up and messy we are. And I pray that you would help us to make disciples of our kids and our grandkids and those in our church. Help us, God, to build a family discipleship culture here where it is normative 
to talk about generational discipleship, where it's normal to talk about moms and dads and grandmas and grandpas serving one another in this means to go towards making disciples in our home and our family and our church and our community. God, give us the grace that we need to do it. Thank you for so many faithful saints already doing it, living it out, wanting to do it. Thank you for the heart of the gospel that leads us and guides us to see the truth in grace. Thank you, Holy Spirit, for equipping us with everything we need. Thank you for giving us the word that guides us into all truth. We are just we are such recipients of your grace. So in response, may we live intentional, obedient lives because you are good and you are worthy. We love you and we thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, I hope this was encouraging to you, church. Be sure to join us um, this coming Sunday for the next um, sermon called The Right Priorities. Continue to pray for me as I preach the next couple of sermons. And then the next couple of the after that will be Pastor Adam. So continue to pray for us as we preach. And uh, we're excited about what God is already doing. Thank you for those who have sent feedback about the message. I'm encouraged by you. And I'm encouraged by what God is doing in our body. Looking forward to seeing you on Sunday.